Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh, and there's Chuck, and Chuck's a seven, and I'm a nine, and this is Stuff You Should Know. Yeah. Did you figure yours out? Are you a nine? Uh, it depends on my... Because um, I'm a nine for my birth. I'm a nine for my um, birth as well. My life hey, path look, number. We're both nines, but you're a, you're look a at that. seven for your destiny number. I figured yours out. Hey, we're all... That, that means this all makes sense now. Yeah, that's why we... Clicked. We were meant to be together on the show. It was preordained by uh, the spirit herself. <laughs> so... We're talking about numerology, which uh, I guess an overarching definition would be um, it's a, a pseudoscientific practice in which people uh, base things on numbers like your destiny and who your romantic partner should be mm-hmm. and maybe what job you should have mm-hmm. and stuff like this. Uh, and I just want to say at the beginning of this that there are many different kinds of numerology and depending on where you're from. And there are many different methods and many different charts. And like, we're not going to get too far into the weeds on those because it's all fake because it would just be a super long, like four hour episode on numerology. Yeah. So this is kind of just an overarching how, you know, it's what we do. It's, it's basically how, what numerology is and how it works and, and not all the specificities of each system. Yeah. Because your brain starts to melt a little bit when you start getting into all that. And they're all kind of the same. It's just different variations of sort of the same thing. Absolutely. And I think the fact that there's so many variations that are supposed to arrive at a precise figure kind of also warns the person to Uh, take the whole thing with a grain (laughs) of salt. But it's apparently way way more popular in 21st century America than I realized. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, man. Go on to Bustle and The Cut and um, there's numerology.com and... There's a lot, a lot of sites that have, if they're not, like, overtly dedicated to numerology, they have, like, whole sections dedicated to numerology and all that stuff. So, Are the cool kids doing it? I think so. I can't tell if it's the millennials or Gen Z or, I don't know. But, you they know. got on their uh, Supreme sweatshirt talking about numbers. That's right. I just met someone who works for them. Who works for Bustle? For works for Supreme, and we should shout out too. It's a, a master guitar player and is a stuff you should know fan, Matt Sweeney, mm-hmm. who in the mid '90s had the indie rock sort of math rock band Chavez. Oh yeah, and, and now has played with everyone from Johnny Cash to Adele. Wow, uh, I know him from his work with Bonnie Prince Billy, and I just saw them live, and I just got to hang out with Sweeney and had a great four-hour dinner with. Matt and his girlfriend, JR, and JR works for Supreme and was telling me all about it. Well, that is fantastic. I have someone I'd like to shout out. Let's do it. I'd like to shout out listener Jimmy McLeod, who turns out took um, guitar lessons from the same Toledo metal band guitarist as me. I saw that. At Peeler Peeler Music in Toledo. I was like, oh, my God, this is all absolutely correct. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, yes, indeed. Like, this guy was inattentive at best. He would just go out and talk to people in the store in the middle of the the lessons. I was like, yep, that's right. So, thank you, Jimmy, for that. That was putting all those pieces together for me. My my brain don't work so so good. Yeah, multiple shout-outs. Is there anything else we can talk about that's not numerology? (laughs) Uh, I've got one other one. 
This okay. is a long time overdue, but our friends at Flathead Flathead Lake Cheese oh, sure. sent us an entire wheel of their Hoppin' Mad Gouda, which is maybe the best cheese anyone's ever made. It's good stuff. And I believe they give discounts to Stuff You Should Know listeners, or every once in a while they have a Stuff You Should Know sale, their themed sale. So check out yeah, Flathead Lake Cheese because they're great, and thanks to the Lozes for introducing us to them. That's right. Hillary and Mike. Okay, that's it for shout-outs, buddy. All right, that's it. So how do we even get – oh, Supreme. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about numerology. Yeah. So there is a thought among some people that numbers have these mystical properties. That's the basis of the whole thing. The basis of the whole thing, and that, that some people even think that these numbers, uh, like all things on the planet, have an inherent vibration and a unique vibration. Mm-hmm. And that if you guide your life by numbers that have vibrations that are in sync with one another, then you can lead a more complete life and lead your best life. Yeah, and the way that it ties into numbers is the idea that that numbers basically run everything, that, that, that the properties that an individual number has – can be attributed to things that are associated with that number. And you can break everything down into a number. Mm-hmm. And if you can break something down, if you can divine something's number, you can figure out what lies ahead for them, what their personality type's going to be, what their challenges are. Um, uh, and it, depending on some numerology systems, you could figure out what your lucky day is, uh, yeah. what numbers you should play in the lotto, like all sorts of different stuff. But the idea goes well beyond, you know, like picking something on, at roulette. It's it's like the idea of numerology is very much akin to astrology where based on your name, your date of birth, and a few other factors that are inherent to you, if you combine those into a number, you can figure out what number you're associated with and hence what your destiny will be. That's basically the, the general basis of all numerological systems. Right. And that the the father of Western numerology is Pythagoras, mm-hmm. the, uh, the f- Greek philosopher born in 569 BC who studied uh, numbers and studied music and art and all kinds of things. But I, I think one of the things Pythagoras liked to do was say like, hey, you can actually take the 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 pluck of a of a lear string mm-hmm. and you can break that down into a number like that unique vibration of that note has its own number that we can assign to it that was huge yeah i mean he was coming at it through some interesting angles at first i think and this was in 569 this wasn't 21st century right this is when this probably sounded about a good, as good as anything yeah pythagoras and his followers known as the pythagoreans they that 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 school and i think southern italy um like they were they were some of the first people to really apply a study of mathematics um and geometry in particular um i think beforehand geometry was I, th- I saw it described as basically a a loose set of principles that that you could use to like build a house with or something like that it wasn't like a like math in and of itself until pythagoras right. came along and they started realizing like oh wait like math exists on its own mm-hmm. like it's its own thing and started studying it like that and started finding it everywhere and started like like you said you know that i saw um uh 
a description that the um, that that Pythagoras and the Pythagoreans figured out that um, m- that music, like resonant, like music that's not discordant, but the good stuff, um, is <laughs> uh, like it follows whole integers, and that he figured it out by hearing how bl- different hammers in a blacksmith's shop harmonized. And he went and looked, and he saw that they were those hammers were related mathematically. One was, say, a one-pound hammer, and the other one was uh, part of a whole integer, like a half-pound hammer. Mm-hmm. And he realized there's such a thing as octaves, and that this, like these were the discoveries they were making. And so, as that's some really cool stuff. It is, and like just stuff we take for granted is like just matter of fact today. Like they were figuring out. They also seem to have taken a lot of maybe mushrooms at the time. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then it got weird. <laughs> they were drinking reindeer pee. I'm not sure. But uh-huh. they really went down the rabbit hole with numbers and started finding these things everywhere and came to the conclusion that numbers were the basis of the fabric of existence and life and the universe and everything. And that the, 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 the answer to the purpose of life, the perfect purpose of existence was 42. All right, I think that's a good setup. Thank you. All right, well, let's, let's take a break now, and we'll talk more. We'll maybe shout out some more personal friends and friends of the show, and then we'll also talk about numerology. All right, so you mentioned the Pythagoreans, the people who listened to and followed Pythagoras there in southern Italy mm-hmm. and studied with him. They also came up with some some legit bedrock math that we still think of today and use today. Sure. Uh, like, if you've ever heard of the Pythagorean theorem, it's still very popular in math class, in maths. Yeah, everybody's uh, got that t-shirt when they're in sixth grade. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and that's the old... Uh, in a right triangle, the square of the length of the hypotenuse is equal to the sum of the squares of the other two sides. Uh, a squared plus B squared equals C squared. Mm-hmm, there it is. And it, it's it's interesting that they were coming up with all this bedrock stuff and this really cool stuff about figuring out mathematical mathematical proportions of musical harmonies like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And like I'm so down with all that. And then someone goes, hey – you know, if you add up a series of odd numbers beginning with one, the result is always going to be a square number. And everyone went, oh, man. <laughs> That's right. And then Pythagoras said, yeah, all is number. And then they all together said, all is number. <laughs> That's exactly how it And went. from there, things got a little weird. And, and some people hear all is number, and they say, well, that means that you can just measure everything in the entire world and you can describe it in terms of, of math and numbers and proportions. Fair enough. That's basically uh, the basis of our understanding of, like, geometry and physics. Yes. And then other people said, no, 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 all is number, man, means, like, everything in the world is made of numbers. That tree is a number. You are a number. Right. Because they're licking those toads. Yes. And in the background, a reindeer pees quietly into a bucket. <laughs> 
Right. So the bucket is then distributed into small mugs. That that second part of all is number is um, that's that's the basis of numerology, and that's where it kind of veers away from science. And I was reading this um, veers, veers, or it takes a really hard turn. Yeah, veers. <laughs> steps on the gas. Okay, isn't that what veers means? I think veer is a very gentle turn. Oh, I thought I think okay, careens away from science. Yeah, there That's you go. More what you're looking. Okay, all right. Um, so w- I saw a really interesting article in BVDM BB BBVD BBVD sure. Open Mind. <laughs> uh huh. I can't remember. Um, but they were they were talking about Pythagoras and the Pythagoreans and how it, they're like this fulcrum where. Numbers went from mystical things having a mystical quality to bringing them into science and then taking it right back into mysticism again. Yeah. Which is really odd, but that's that's really what happened. And it was part partially because they got so wrapped up in the idea that all is number. And they were a really weird group of people. They met their end really violently um, in southern Italy. Uh, where their their school was sacked and burned. At least 50 of them were killed. Um, but like you said, they had created like a, a real foundation for our understanding of math and the idea that math was this thing that exists out there waiting for us to discover and that it has a lot to do with our life, but that the mystical qualities associated kind of died with Pythagoras and the Pythagoreans. That's right. Um, I guess, I mean, should we get into a little bit of kind of what they were laying down there? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So... They were studying these mathematical concepts, and they said, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to sort numbers into buckets, into categories, not the, not the reindeer pee bucket, mm-hmm. but into mathematical categories. So, Tranches, levers we can pull. Yeah, let's just say, let's say one, four, and nine are square Okay. because uh, it, if you take pebbles, the corresponding number of little pebbles or rocks or whatever, you can arrange them into a square. Pretty smart. Again, geometry coming into play. Yep. Um, one, three, six, and ten are triangular because one, three, six, or ten little pebbles can be arranged into regular triangles. I dispute then, the use of one as both a square and a triangle. It's like okay, I dispute that too. You're going to have to pick one or the other, Pythagoreans. All right, so it would be falling apart for you already if you were back there. Just there, though. Just there. Uh-huh. Everything else, okay. I was like, yeah, yeah, all is number. Give me some more, baby. Uh, 2, 6, and 12 are oblong, so the corresponding number is a rectangle. Mm-hmm. And so they're doing this kind of thing, and then they start getting into non-numerical stuff mm-hmm. and saying, all right, odd numbers are masculine, even numbers are feminine. Uh, n- the number one is creative because if you add uh, multiple ones, you can create any other number, bro. What? Uh, what else is there? Well, two, um, so odd is masculine, even are feminine, like you said. So two is the first feminine number. It represents duality. There's two. Um, three is the first masculine number because, like you said, one is its own thing. It, it's a creator mm-hmm. number. And so uh, five, yeah, five is the is uh, represents marriage yeah. because it's where the first masculine number and the first feminine number um, add up to. Just stuff like that. Like, these people clearly had way too much time on their hands <laughs> to think <laughs> of something like that. Yeah. Um, and so, like, each number, one through nine, this is very important because we didn't say it earlier when we introduced numerology, but in numerological systems, one through nine are the 
prime, and I don't mean that mathematically, the most important, the most used, yeah. the most useful numbers. <laughs> yeah, don't use the word prime. <laughs> right. Um, so one through nine are the ones to focus on. And that also came directly from the Pythagoreans. They focused um, mostly on the numbers one through nine as well. Right. Uh, and I think a goal for a lot of these charts is to get your number down to one of those single digits your, eventually. Right. Yeah. That was right. for, for most systems and with most numbers, we'll talk about it. But yes, you ultimately want to get it down to one of those single digit numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't be 10 because 10 is a sacred number. Yep. Because someone said, you know, if you add up the first four digits, it equals 10, bro. <laughs> And, and they did stuff like know. that. They did stuff like that. But also, I just want to point out one of the other things they did that I'm, I'm like, I didn't even know these existed. So, I'm, I'm still impressed. They were the first ones to detect perfect numbers. And a perfect number is a number where the divisors add up to form the number. So, six is a perfect number because if you add its divisors, divisors being one, two, and three, mm-hmm. they add up to six. Whoa. So, I mean, there is some neat stuff that is actually, I think, yeah. useful that came out of it. But, yes, other of other other stuff is like, yes, 10 is sacred because if you add up 1, 2, 3, and 4, it comes up to 10. Well, it's like, what about 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9, you jack? Right. <laughs> You're just going to ignore those? Yes, yes, we are. Yes. Uh, the number 10 also led to the list of 10 fundamental opposites, um, a few of which are one and many, uh, rest in motion, Good and evil, stuff like that. Yeah, straight and crooked. Sure. Light the and classic dark. Straight and crooked. Yin and yang. That's not in there, is it? No. So, <laughs> you had to look. All right. So it did look. Here's the thing because the, there was a really ironic end to the Pythagoreans, because they looked too hard into numbers and how numbers related to the universe, that mm. they actually found that everything doesn't fit into some neat and tidy box like they thought. And supposedly, right. one of the Pythagoreans was kind of hanging around doing some equations, some formulae at some point, and tried to come up with the square root of two and mm-hmm. discovered the existence of irrational numbers. And an irrational mm-hmm. number is a number that uh, has a non-repeating, non-terminating decimal. It just goes on infinitely, like pi is an irrational number. The square root of two, like the Pythagoreans figured out, is an irrational number. And it can't be represented in a simple fraction like every other number. Right. Rational numbers is what they're called. And apparently, when they found this out, it kind of like their worldview crumbled. This all is number thing crumbled because they couldn't figure out how this would apply to like an orderly, beautiful universe. Um, and apparently, they even before they were sacked and burned and killed, they the school kind of like fell onto dark times once they figured out there were such things as irrational numbers. Yeah, that's what happens when you're in a cult. <laughs> yeah, kind of. You're faced with reality, and it usually doesn't go very well. <laughs> so, after the death of Pythagoras and the Pythagoreans, um, the mysticism, all this stuff kind of faded away a little bit. And was resurrected in the 1800s, mm-hmm. um, kind of notably with uh, the writings of a book from Mrs. L. Dow uh, Balliet. J- uh, A.K.A. Josie. <laughs> I don't get it. Well, that was her name. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think How her, did they get Josie? Her husband's name was L. Dow. Her name was oh, Josephine gotcha. Josie Balliet. Josephine I, I'm Balliet. sorry, I was looking up anything on this this person, and like she is just nowhere. 
Um, but she wrote a bunch of books, but very little is known about her, except she died at age 84 in Atlantic City, I read. Very interesting. But she was the first one to kind of come along and say vibrations, right? Yeah, and, you know, there there were other people that were writing books and stuff. It didn't, like, completely, completely go away. But I think these books that talked about vibrations and that talked about music and numbers and colors being, you know, because there's a little bit of synesthesia sort of thrown in here as well, if some of this kind of sounds familiar with colors and numbers representing, like, uh, the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so she was talking about everything and all these numbers having vibrations, uh, people food, a tree, uh, a bicycle, anything has a vibration. And if you, and this idea that I spoke about earlier, if you want to live in harmony in the world, then your environment should, and the numbers of your environment that have been assigned need to match your own vibration and your own number. Right. And, you know, this is where it definitely, this is kind of what we think of as modern numerology at this point. Yeah, and one thing, one interesting thing about vibrations, especially about like an old-timey 19th century writer, new age writer, basically talking about vibrations, um, is that that's, that's actually the basis of some of the theories of how subatomic particles behave. Is through right. vibrations, like string theory is based on the idea that subatomic particles are actually vibrating strings of energy that vibrate at different frequencies and that those differing frequencies produce their shape or their form, um, which is, I, I just find that endlessly fascinating that it's almost in some weird way predicted string theory. Yeah. But is it just one of those things where it's like, yeah, I mean, vibrations, especially if you're into things like music. Um, it's not like that far of a stretch, or was it like, yeah, they were tapped into some sort of weird preternatural understanding of subatomic physics? Yeah, super interesting. Uh, Pythagoras also believed that this vibration could have had something to do with what was called the music of the spheres, which is uh, what he believed, like the planets were embedded in these transparent physical spheres, mm -hmm. and the distance between them corresponded to these musical ratios, and these are the sounds that the planets, the, these vibrations that the planets and the sun make while orbiting the Earth. A little off on that one. Wasn't, they, wasn't that on the Golden Records? Didn't Carl Sagan create like an homage to that on the Golden Records? I think so. I knew it sounded familiar. Yeah, we've definitely um, talked about it before. I do also want to uh, shout out a company. If you're looking to get a kind of the best wind chime that you can buy. Wind chimes are us? No, there's a company out of Austin called Music of the Spheres. Oh, cool. And they're amazing. Like you can get it's uh I've got several sets in different places and they uh they're just I wanted to shout them out for a while cuz when someone just makes something great, mm -hmm. you know, this this ain't no uh big box. Sure. Wind chime. It's no wind chimes are us. These beautiful sounds. No, it's uh, Music of the Spheres. So, so so wait a minute. You're you're poking fun at people who are talking about how ten is a holy number because one mm -hmm. through four add up to ten, and you have multiple wind chimes at your house. I love wind chimes. <laughs> I, I, I got you. one of those big dongers at my camp, like way up in a tree. Uh -huh. And these things, I mean, it took a lot to get them up there. They're heavy, but they're like five feet long. They're these. Yeah, big yeah, I've seen them. Boom. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the Sounds local really, squirrels really cool. are really happy you've moved in. <laughs> hey, we still have bears despite the chime. Oh, is the bear back? Has it been back? No, but I put the chime up and the bear came afterwards, so I think okay. they're attracted to it. I gotcha. It says, bears, <laughs> come get a picnic basket. <laughs> so, uh, where are we here? 
Well, we're talking about modern numerology, right? Yeah, I guess we should talk a little bit about, I mean, should we take a break and then talk yeah, about that? I think you're right, Chuck. I think. All right, we'll take a break and we'll talk about sort of modern numerology and how we come up with our own numbers and what that even means right after this. So we talked, Chuck, about how one through nine are inherently important to um, modern numerologists and the Pythagoreans too, right? Correct. And that each of those numbers, one through nine, has its own vibration. And those vibrations give that number a certain property. And I'm talking properties like um, leadership, harmony, karma, wisdom, curiosity, like intangible but important properties that humans could conceivably possess the numbers in these numbers different numbers inherently have that's right and depending on what system you're using there is going to be a chart that where a letter corresponds with a number mm-hmm. it is usually and can be as easy as a is one b is two mm-hmm. and so on and uh like we said there there are a lot of different kinds of charts so depending on which system you're using, you're going to use that chart. And and what you're going to do is eventually end up with that single-digit number. So uh, Unless there are a couple of exceptions to that, right? Well, yeah, and we'll, we'll get to those. But oh, okay. there, there are a couple of different down. numbers that you can get. You can use your name, mm-hmm. like your first, middle, and last name by birth. Um, I saw here in this article where it said you have to use your birth name, nicknames, and yeah. change names don't count. That's what I saw, but too. I, I also saw other places where when you change your name, that changes your destiny. Oh, really? And so you were supposed to refigure that. I saw one place that allowed for nicknames in addition to given names, but almost everywhere else said, no, your birth name is the one that's important. And the reason they gave is the same reason that's in this article, that before you're born, you basically communicate to your parents what your name what, should be. Yeah. So that your given name is love it. going to suit your your numerological number. and That you're destined to have. Yeah, that's where you get it from. That's where your parents get your name from. It's actually from you, little psychic baby in the womb. Yeah, and I think the idea is if you use your name to come up with a number, like there's a couple of different numbers. There's your name number and then your birth date number. Mm-hmm. And your name number is kind of your personality in the inner you, where your birth number is your what can has been referred to as like your life path number, yeah, or your destiny number. And using these two numbers, you can kind of, if if you're into this kind of thing, you can make decisions on how to move forward in your life and align these numbers with the rest of your life. Yeah, I saw the destiny number, and we'll explain how you get that. That's derived from your name that that's how you'll reach the goals that are part of your life path number. Right. Right? So, um, it's actually really interesting stuff. Um, to start with the, the destiny number, also called the uh, expression number, um, you take that full name. Uh, from what I saw from birth, I hadn't seen that you you choosing a different name altered your path. That's pretty interesting. Um, 
But if you stick with just your, your chosen name, it has to be your full given name at birth, first, middle, and last name. And if you don't have a middle name, that's okay. You can just do your first and last name. And that when you add up the numbers um, from the corresponding letters uh, from, from each of your names, you come up with um, three numbers. You add those together. So, for example, Chuck, your first name, Charles, is 30. Wayne mm-hmm. comes up to 23. Bryant, Pythagoras is my other middle name. <laughs> Bryant um, adds up to 26. If you add yeah. those together, you get 79. Well, 79 is virtually meaningless as far as numerology is concerned. So, you want to add 7 and 9. You get 16. Yes. Getting closer, but still, still not, not really <laughs> useful. So, you add 1 and 6, and now we finally come to your true destiny number, Chuck, which is seven. Right. So seven is my uh, destiny number. And if you look up, you can look up like attributes for each of these numbers. And this is where it's basically, I mean, if you're thinking this sounds like astrology mm-hmm. and horoscopes or the z- zodiological birth calendars, like you're right. All of this stuff is kind of that. Yeah. So seven means uh, is magic, wisdom, intelligence, Mystery solitude. That's you all over. Then what's your number? Uh, I'm a nine. And interestingly, there's different. Well, I'm a nine from my uh, life path number. I'm not sure from my name number. All right. So we're both nines on the life path number. Yeah. Which I looked up a thing that said uh, your life path number is the number of completion and resolution. Those with number nine, and this is for both of us, mm-hmm. tend to have a humanitarian and almost a utopian quality to their being. Sure. Uh, Because we're compassionate and uh, philanthropical, uh, we are likely to be drawn toward global issues that deal with the helping of the whole humankind in the world. Mm -hmm. But, Josh, we need to be wary of overextending ourselves and sacrificing too much of ourselves uh, and losing the greater perspective in the pursuit of of our goals. We have to learn to say no sometimes, in other words. Yeah, we've gotten better about that over the years. And that is definitely, and that well, that's because we're our following our um, our um, we're following our destiny numbers toward our yeah. life path number. So, what that you just kind of like said of something I think is really important to point out about numerology that you're going to encounter if you get a numerological reading is the number has the best of you and the stuff you need to avoid. It's right. all encompassed in that one number. And you have multiple numbers, so each of those have things to avoid, things to focus on, things to improve on, things to things that are going to challenge you in your life, which I find pretty interesting. Yeah, and, you know, it gets more complicated than that, too. If you want to drill down, there are numerologists who use these big charts and diagrams that end up kind of looking like ast- astrological charts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's when they're sort of drilling down to – um, how you relate to people in your family, maybe, or to the person you're married to, or if you want to find if you want to find a romantic partner, or avoid negative tendencies, or just find out what your lucky number or lucky day is. Yeah, and also there's um some systems that I've seen multiple places that just rely almost like shorthand on the date of your birth, so the day of the month that you were born on. Like, that's it. So, okay. like, I was born on July 15th, so that would make me a six. 
And that's it. That's what they use. They don't do the name thing. They don't do your whole birth date. They just do the day of the month that you were born on, almost like much, much more like a zodiological sign or astrological mm-hmm. sign. Um, and so as a six, I can do things like I need to look for foods that are pale purple and blue. Those are going to vibrate with me most um, most harmoniously. I okay. should live in uh, a city, maybe Madras or Baton Rouge, surprising mm. to me. And then I should associate mostly with number fives, it turns out, that I'm most harmonious with them. Is Yumi a five? I don't know. No, she's a three, I think. Because, yeah, she's 30th. So she's oh, a three come on. in that She's one. a 10. <laughs> that's very nice. <laughs> Emily and Yumi are tens. That's why we married them. That's right. Let's just go with 11s. All right. <laughs> Mine goes to eleven. Uh, I love that. Um, and this article, this is actual in the How Stuff Works article. I can't believe you found one that we haven't mined yet. But this is from Tracy Wilson, our uh, our still colleague. I almost said former because we just don't see them anymore because of the of the virus. But uh, are you about to at, out her? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, okay. Uh, over at uh, stuff you miss in history class with Holly. Right. Are you about so, to out her from some as of the what as a numerologist? His... No, <laughs> as a a determined Harry Potter fan. Oh, I didn't even think about that. This all makes sense now. There's a lot of Harry Potter in this There's article. a lot of Harry Potter in this article. This all whole makes sense now. In, okay, in I get Tracy's it. In Tracy's defense, it was written in 2008 when, like, sure. you know, the kind of thing <laughs> yeah, was yeah. super hip. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty funny how much Harry Potter pops up. Yeah, she used Harry Potter as the example of like forming the or finding Harry Potter's number and all that. And in the intro too, she talks about Hermione practicing arithmancy. Yeah, which is a big deal in Harry Potter. Sure. But uh I brought it up because Tracy referred to uh and she's probably not the first, but she referred to numerology as a version, a kind of applied mysticism. Mm-hmm. And I like that definition, basically where you correlate a mystical symbol with somebody's life. Uh I think that kind of says it best. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things you could do um, that kind of fall under the New Age umbrella as far as like numerology, astrology, where you can can look at it a couple of ways. Like you can give responsibility for your life over to your numerological number or your astrological sign and associate with some people and stay away from other people or certain foods or whatever and just kind of like not have to think about life quite as much or make your own decisions. That's like the bigger criticism of New Age stuff. But there's a much more generous way of interpreting it, too, in in saying like, you know, if you're feeling a little lost or unmoored or unrooted and you're trying to like figure out what direction to kind of set your compass in, you could do worse than, you know, doing your numerological sign and being like, oh, I should focus on being more creative and need to look out for um, being too dependent on others. Does that apply to me? Maybe it does. Let me just kind of go forth from there. And I wouldn't recommend doing a, a daily numerological thing or anything like that. But I'm saying like, in some ways, New Age stuff can be harmful because it kind of takes takes the purpose out of life for a lot of people but in other other ways it can kind of be a guide and just the same way that like religion or friends or um a television show that you think is speaking directly to you can you know i hear you (laughs) do you i do uh i mean we're we're kind of at that point i guess about some criticisms Mm -hmm. and one thing tracy does mention and i think this is just more as an example 
not as specifically as it applies to the practice of numerology, but just people believing like in a special number in their life and how they always see that number. Uh, you know, I, I know people that see numbers and think that they mean something like there's a certain number and I always see it. And, you know, that's sort of that confirmation bias at work. Yes. Generally where you notice that number more, you're really seeing all kinds of numbers, but you notice 1111 on the clock because you've told yourself that 1111 means something to you. Right. Or and you've heard you, that it does. Yeah. Or you've heard that it does. And you, and you don't think about all of the other times that you've seen on the clock all day or all the numbers you see all day long. And, you know, that's fair enough. Um, I think another criticism of numerology is that it's the whole thing is based on an invented system of counting grouping by 10. And that's not even the first or, I mean, I was about to say the the most legitimate. I guess if it was, it's not the original system of counting. It was just made up by people I mean, to begin with. It's the basis of the metric system. I would say it's legit. Well, <laughs> not illegitimate, but it was it was invented by humans. Right. Yes, and it's not the only way that we know how to count. Same as right. the, like using the the uh, English alphabet to divine your future because you're applying a number, an Arabic numeral, to the to a letter from the English alphabet. Those aren't the only number systems or the only alphabet system. So, like, yes, it's made up, and you could make a, a case like that a numerologist might make is say, well, you were born English-speaking in an English-speaking country that uses Arabic numerals, so of course that's going to apply to you. Um, I haven't heard what the response would be for, like, if you were born in China, where the average person needs to know about 2,000 different characters in their alphabet to to make their way through life, Um, like how that would apply to numerology. but, it, yes, the, the basis of this whole thing is, like, this is, like, there's just so many holes. You could drive a truck through every single one of them. But if it's providing some sort of comfort or um, I, even guidance to somebody who's, and it's not hurting them, hurting other people, damaging their lives, or shortening or, or narrowing their prospects, then, I mean, what's, is, is it harmful? I don't know. I could be missing something in that sense. I know what you mean. And and even if you're if someone would be like yeah but what about these people that pay money and flush their money down the toilet well, you by could t- say that's speaking a problem. with a numerologist mm-hmm. uh, another person might say well you know what I, I think that it's a waste of money talking to a therapist who doesn't right. know you or they could say they're stimulating the economy <laughs> well the point is it's you know if the person walks away from that experience happy and satisfied then it's a it's a victimless crime it's not a crime at all it's it's someone paying money for something that they feel like they got something out of. Yeah. If you walk out of there and you're like, what a ripoff. I can't believe I paid $10 to for someone to look into a crystal ball mm-hmm. or to read my numerological chart. Like, then it's a problem. But if, if you want to spend your money that way, we're not going to yuck your yum. If you feel good about it, good on you. Yes. I have one caveat to that, though. <laughs> okay. That makes me anxious about about this, just signing off on that. And that is... That I feel like a, this resurgence in numerology we're seeing, like I'm sure most of the people who are, like the younger people who are into it today don't realize that like it was huge in the 70s and then apparently it was huge in the right. 19th century. It was like, like that it just keeps coming back in, at certain times and certain ways is that this time that it's come back around is it's correlated with this, again, this this death of trust in expertise and, and it's anti-science True. sentiment. 
And no, in I'm, that I'm way, you. I don't like anything that promotes an anti-science sentiment or um, makes you believe that your opinion is just as good as somebody who's gone and studied whatever you're talking about for a dozen Super years. Super valid. Yeah. Yes. So in that sense, I do not endorse it if it if it does kind of promote that. But again, if we can just bring it back to if it's just making them happy, then, you know, and it's not harming them or society in general, yeah. then I'm, I'm good with that. All right, great. Like that matters, uh, I guess. I, I took uh, my big takeaway from this article was uh, at the very end, Tracy kind of snuck snuck in a cool fact that I never knew hmm. was that the we the reason that we here in the West count things in groups of ten or it's sort of a ten based system mm-hmm. is probably because we have ten fingers, <laughs> yeah, and that the old English uh, language and the old English words for numbers reflect this groups of 10 and the 11 the word 11 means one left mm-hmm. and 12 is an abbreviation of two left yeah like one left over 10 two left over 10 and then third that's, that's the fact of the show for me I, right here at the very I end i think you're right chuck i totally agree uh and that means that we should be seeing 12 in 12 in <laughs> 12 in is how yeah. i'm gonna say 12 from now on and i'll be like look it up <laughs> and then think about 13, too. That's like 310, 410, 510. Yeah. Yeah. 12 and 12, 11. <laughs> if you want to know more about numerology, I guess go visit the bustle or numerology.com and see what you think. See if it's right for you. But God help you if you stop believing in expertise or become anti science because that is not a good thing, anybody. Um, no. But thinking for yourself is as well. So maybe we can figure out a way to balance all that together. Since I said, let's figure out a way to balance all that together, it's time for listener mail. This is from Cassie. Sounds like Lassie in Statesboro, Georgia. Oh, yeah. Shroom country down there. That's right. So this was uh, in reference to the Georgia lizard that uh, we had quite a few people write in. It It is not a leopard gecko or whatever you said it was. That is, everyone's wrong but me. Okay, because they don't have those in this country. Uh, <laughs> they're big in Pakistan, apparently. But well, that's uh, what I was here, thinking. Yeah, that's probably it from my time living in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never had a reason to send an email till now, guys. But here it is. In response to the short stuff on chameleons, Chuck was going on about the skinks. And Josh was uh, saying that they're geckos. I'm pretty sure that he's wrong. Because way back in 99, my family moved to Georgia from Minnesota. When I was living in Minnesota, I worked at a pet store that sold lizards, among other animals. Mm-hmm. He had chameleons, iguanas, geckos, and is it pronounced anole? A-N-O-L-E? Uh, anoles? Canoles? Or is it <laughs> Leave the gun, take the anole. Oh, boy. Oh, that's anole. <laughs> uh, the reason I'm saying this is because when we moved to Georgia, I started seeing these anoles or anoles. Anoles? I it can't think be anoles. Let's go with anoles. Uh, everywhere. My 12-year-old brain was cooking up a scheme to catch them and sell them for the going rate back in Minnesota, which is $20 each. Wow. Uh, wow. That is, uh, that's, those are 90s dollars. Yeah. So it'd be like uh, a million it, today. I know. Those are grunge dollars. <laughs> I learned that it was against the law to own native species in Georgia, so I didn't go through with that plan. If you read this email and you get a chance, mm-hmm. search Anoli and see if that's the lizard, and that is indeed the lizard, Cassie. So... Thank you and others for for figuring that out for us. Very nice. Thank you, Cassie. Rhymes with Lassie. Um, Cassie said that, right? You didn't say that? 
That's yeah, she said it. <laughs> I was like, right. geez, Chuck. <laughs> uh, well, if you want to be like Cassie Rhymes with Lassie, you can write to us and tell us your name and what it rhymes with. And maybe we'll end up reading your email on listener mail. Wrap it up, spank it on the Anole, and send it off to Stuff Podcast at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.